All right, folks, welcome to Sidetracks, number six. It's been a while since we've done one of these, but since we had a very special occasion where everyone from Children of the Wells is gathering, well, everyone, all the creators up and coming, and uh, or we have a new one that we'll be talking about his upcoming work. Except John. Except John, yeah, that's true. Um, and Natasha. And Natasha, yeah, okay. Okay, most of us involved in Children of the Wells okay, are here. <laughs> but uh, this is going to be just a really quick kind of fun, light, light-hearted q and A with uh, help you get to know some of the people behind Children of the Wells. With a quiz afterward. With a quiz afterwards, we will expect perfect results. Um, it's open book. You should pass this. <laughs> um, and so, as a result, this this is going to be just really quick and dirty. Uh, you can expect some mic shuffling noises and all that kind of fun stuff. So, uh, not the high end. Shower not not the high end professional quality podcast <laughs> that you've come to expect from Derail Trains of Thought. But it'll be it'll be plenty fun. Uh, so real quick, let's do a qu- quick rundown, roll call of everyone who's here. Of course, this is Tim, your favorite Derail Trains of Thoughts podcast host, and then here's this other guy over here. Hello, this is Nick. Hi, you know me. And also we have uh, Nathan. Call me Nate Marchand. Uh, Aaron Brosman. Uh, call me whatever. I guess. Ed. Whatever. I guess. I'm I'm Laura Fisher, also known as Matrorian, all over the internet. And this is Greg Meyer, and I have completely forgotten all of the internet aliases I've used in the past, and so I cannot <laughs> think of anything. Fun, fun, and uh, some of you guys have actually appeared on the podcast oh. before. I know Laura and Nate has. Aaron is just a matter and of you time. Name drop me all the time. Yeah, and we name drop <laughs> Nate a lot. We name drop Greg a lot too. <laughs> you guys recorded the live one. I was the one typing to you constantly. So. <laughs> That's true. That's true. I forgot about one that. Live besides Greg. Yeah, yeah. Well, we've done more live podcasts. Just not not everyone's able to listen at the at the same time. You never tell me when you record it. Yeah, that's, well, we usually don't know for sure until like the day before, which is part of the problem. Um, but anywho, so hey, first anywho, Zach would be pleased because uh, I, I say that a lot apparently. So so someone's making a drinking game for you guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone says anywho, take a shot every time. Someone... And any anytime Nick says that's all oh, we've God. got. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. We've got our own. When tropes. did this turn into riff tracks for the podcast? <laughs> Live minutes got. Yeah. All right. So anyway. So anyway, uh, you guys know us pretty well, but I figured we're, we'd post some questions here, kind of this roundtable thing, and we'll just kind of. This, just kind of run and gun at this. So the first question, I'm gonna th- I'm gonna throw it at you, each of you. Just give you like, you know, no more five minutes, three minutes, whatever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but the first question I'll pose at you: uh, What are your favorite story genres? What inspires you most? Or it could be which what you write in most, or what do you like to watch, read, whatever most. So I'll go to Laura first. I talked about this a little bit when I came on to talk about fandom. But uh, my favorite genres, I think has been mentioned, are fantasy and science fiction. But within those genres, my favorite sort of setups are where you have a team or you have a group of siblings or you have a group of people who come together and sort of become like a family to each other. So, like, I love Stargate because it was a team who got really close together. I liked um, a number of anime I've been watching lately. It's so dumb lately, but I've been watching sports anime because... (laughs) It's a group of kids who become like family to each other, and then they have battles with other kids. I, I mean, non-lethal on the court, but no, no Hunger Games. No, no Hunger Games, games. but like, no I was obsessed with Kuroko no Basuke this week. <laughs> so that's the sort of thing I like. I like characters who 
Um, not necessarily romance. I'm not really into romance, which I know is weird because I'm a woman, but whatever. But I like siblings. I like teams. I like people doing magical things in crazy places. And platonic cuddling. And platonic cuddling. <laughs> well, uh, my favorite kind of genres are that I like to read are usually the adventure genres, like anything that's fantasy, you know, adventure, that kind of stuff. Anything where you have like a you know young hero that's trying to find their way in this world and you know discover who they are and go on this you know fun quest like that usually gets me really excited and i especially like it if they can throw in elements of like history or something where you can tell like the writer has really thought about their world and has come up with even if it's not something that's come from this world but uh something that's completely in the writer's uh mind but you can tell that they really thought about the details and you know that it just makes it feel much more alive and that's what inspires me whenever i read and cr try to create and i think you can definitely tell that from the uh your screenplay that uh, nick and i got the chance to read for uh for your graduation yeah definitely like i you know like i don't want it to be like some sort of like tome where you have to read like five different books in order for you to get understand like what the first book is like that's not you know really like conducive you want to be able to start from somewhere plain but if you can just like throw little bits and pieces here and there and leave the the trails there then i think that you know it just shows that you've you haven't just created just a story but something that is a real breathing and living place woohoo uh my favorite genres uh it's i'm kind of weird in that i grew up really enjoying fantasy and science fiction um my parents and i watched the animated rankin and bass hobbit like a million times uh to the point in which i didn't realize until i was much older that where there's a whip there's a way actually has a disco beat um but um i thoroughly enjoy a good fantasy and science fiction but when it comes to stories that I actually want to, that I want to read and I want to be in, there's probably two or three different kinds. Uh, first of all, stories with a sense of wonder. Um, anything that makes you see just how big the world is and how awesome all this stuff is. Anything with a true sense of wonder, I thoroughly enjoy. It's one of the reasons that uh whenever i am feeling thoroughly ill i will watch um my neighbor totoro because it makes me feel better because that there's just such a sense of wonder there um secondly uh anything with a sense of whimsy um over the last week i actually watched this movie from like 10 years ago i think now um called penelope ridiculous sense of whimsy in the whole movie and i loved it it so was adorable. it was fantastic and adorable so that's uh that's two and i guess the third one is i really like things that are truly epic and this is not this is nothing against like the lord of the rings um but for instance you watch the lord of the ring movies and that's a that's something that's epic that's trying to be epic and there's nothing wrong with that but i like things that are just like it's intrinsic to their nature like you step in and everything is just huge everything but that goes back to stories with a good sense of wonder to them so and and that's pretty much the stories that i really like um which also explains then why i'm a huge fan of comic books and superheroes and 
um, stuff like that, um, you know, the quote-unquote myths of the modern age, uh, and then traditional mythology and stuff like that. I love all those stories. Um, as far as actual books, um, I really, really enjoy Christopher Moore, but that's because his books all have a sense of whimsy, and then he has a really, really cracked-out sense of humor, and I, it just gets me. So I'm going to now pass this really, really, really far. <laughs> Hello, this is Nate. There, my interests in stories have a lot of overlap with everyone here. I'm also a fan of superheroes and science fiction, more uh, and fantasy. Although I like prefer science fiction to fantasy. As for the kinds of stories that that I enjoy, probably I love stories of redemption. I also am a big fan of kind of a little bit on the flip side, taking a character who may not necessarily be perfect, but is very good, and you take them and you put them into an incredibly dark situation and force them to stay true to themselves and also overcome the, the odds that are pitted against them. About all I can think of now, because you guys cover pretty much everything else that I like. Fair enough. You got anything well, you want to throw in there, Nick? Well, I think you know what I like from every list of podcasts for last... 45 episodes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll second most of that. Um, I suppose if there's a, a angle that I have that's, you know, maybe a little different there than some of the other one, things people have talked about is I tend to uh, be attracted to things also that have a, as my enjoyment of Dostoevsky states, have kind of a, 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 a spiritual angle to them. Or if you read my children wells, there's some of that too. Um, I, I guess I'll just throw that out there as something, you know, maybe a slightly different for me in in my, in my folk eye. Yeah, as you can tell, we all kind of share a lot of similar interests, and that's probably why we get along so well. <laughs> like, uh, there's there's a lot of overlap there. We're all nerds. Yeah, well, <laughs> obviously. What do you like, Tim, besides the Muppets? Nothing. Anything puppeted is right out. Um... One thing, I guess, one thing that hasn't been touched on a whole lot yet is, I guess, I I point out the uh, the great hero. Um, I I think there's an underappreciated in uh, today's culture, in a sense, is not just the the hero who gets by, who has you know overcomes weaknesses to get by, but also just the one who's a great role model, one who's like is an ideal sort of pe- person. Because I. And we said this on the podcast before, but I really do sincerely believe that one of the purposes of uh, storytelling is not just to show the world how it is, but how it could be. And uh, I think we need heroes who are our ideals, who are people that we can look up to, even if even if it's slightly unrealistic that someone could actually be as good as the person in the story. It's uh, it inspires you to try to to be that 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 kind of person. And I think that's I think it's a valuable thing. All right, so on the flip side of all this, let's talk about storytelling pet peeves. What's trends, and I'm sure we all have some we can name, you know, we've probably picked apart some in uh, on the podcast before, but what trends with storytelling now or in the past really kind of grate on your nerves? Are you really tired of seeing or anything along that? What's, what is your storytelling pet peeve? And since I started with her last time and she's had a while to think about you just asked the question. <laughs> I'm thinking. Uh, okay. Um, well, well, I should any say, does it, I should say, yeah, any volunteers that want to try to tackle this one first? 
Aaron, you can go for it. This is no goes. This end does not go. Uh, fine, I'll go. Okay. <laughs> oh, clearly, I haven't hung around with you enough lately. Um, storytelling pet peeves. Um, my first thing, the one of the things that just really bothers me, and this is oddly specific, time travel. I hate it. I hate it because... There's just so many ways to write it bad. <laughs> and it so often gets done awfully. Now, keep in mind that one of my favorite movies of all time is Back to the Future. So I'm probably the pot calling the kettle black. Um, but poorly thought out time travel just drives me up a wall. What did you feel about the Prisoner of Azkaban? <laughs> Why, Laura? Why would you... <laughs> Uh, so I, I read, I, re I read, uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and I thoroughly enjoyed it for many of the reasons that I listed that I like, uh, fiction and I like movies. It had a wonderful sense of wonder. It was a fantastic story. You know, it was this wonderful thing. So I then decided, Hey, you know, that book sold me. I'll read the second book, read the second book, enjoyed it thoroughly. Not nearly as much as the first one, but was still good. And I was like, I'm going to still give this a chance. So I read Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. I get up towards the end and I am loving this book. This is fantastic. Lupin is far and away my favorite character in that series at this point. And I'm loving every minute of this. And then what the heck? You're telling me that a character over three books that you've built up as his only defining characteristic is he follows his heart and does what he thinks is right will sit for eight hours waiting instead of tracking down Peter when given the chance. Oh, my brain exploded and I have not touched those books since. Um, but yes, that's an example of time travel gone horribly, horribly wrong. Um, but time travel's one. Um, and another thing is, and this is odd, um, voiceover. Uh, voiceover in stories. Uh, unless it's done exceptionally well, is really lazy. And I realized that I picked that up as a pet peeve from Community, like Abed rubbed off on me. But voiceover is lazy. And unless you do it really well, it's not its not something worth doing. I, yeah. Having gone through film school, I would concur with that. That was something that we would come to pick apart after having you know the whole show, don't tell thing kind of pounded in. It's like, yeah, it's really not necessary sometimes. For me, it would be what I like to call uh, selfish writers uh, slash editors that inevitably lead to character assassination. And the ex prime example I love to bring up with this, and you'll especially appreciate this, Tim, is that whole debacle Marvel had a few years ago with Spider-Man that we call One More Day that made me quit reading Spider-Man comics, and I want to find Joe Quesada and punch him in the face. In case you don't know, there, to try to summarize it, Marvel decided a few years ago that we're going that they were going to erase <laughs> Peter Parker's marriage to Mary Jane, not because they wanted. <laughs> instead of doing, but instead of doing a divorce, they came up with this brilliant idea. Oh, if, if we can't have the two of them get divorced, because that means they didn't love each other. Let's have them make a deal with the devil instead. What? He's Mephisto. He's not the devil. Close enough. Anyway. <laughs> but 
They didn't do it for the sake of the characters. They didn't do it for the sake of the readers. They did it for themselves. Or at least a handful, a handful of people in Marvel decided to do that. And then saddled J. Michael Straczynski, who was otherwise a brilliant writer, to pen this. And even he didn't like it. And I, I, it just... Oh, it's such a disservice. Because they did it for themselves because... Even though Marvel is the house of ideas, they couldn't. They said we couldn't come up with good stories for a married Spider-Man. Bull crap! You just don't want to. You're just too lazy to think of them. I'm sorry. You know, that's not how. That's not good storytelling. You don't do stuff like that because it's selfish. You do it for the characters, maybe even for the readers. You don't do stuff like that just for yourselves. I'm sorry. <laughs> Okay, well, before the, before the microphone bursts into flames, uh, we'll move on to Laura, who I don't think tends to get quite as explosive. Laura, you, you have, the rants have gone up. You have a very high bar. I'm not, I'm not going to clear that bar. All right. All right, I, I, I had some time to think. There are a few things that bother me in stories, and they tend to be more, instead of specific plot things like time travel, they tend to be more tone. Like, I don't like it when stories are dark for the sake of being dark. I don't mean I don't like dark stories. I love um, Game of Thrones, and that's a dark story. But it starts out dark, and it stays dark, and it's, like, like brutally realistic. So I have a friend, Josh, who doesn't like it at all, and I understand why. But I still like Game of Thrones. What I don't like is when you can see the strings behind the plot. You can see the writers in the writer's room for a TV show or whatever talking about how do we ratchet this up? How do we make this more, uh, make the stakes so high and then just shatter it and break everybody's brain? <laughs> so, so like, uh, I love the show Supernatural, or I used to love it. I still like the characters, but in the fifth season, the 10th episode, they killed off two characters who they'd brought back that season, I'm now convinced, simply to kill them in the 10th episode. And they're amazing characters, and I love them to death. And seeing them die, like, it made sense in the story even. For the plot and for the way the story was going, like, it made sense that they had to lose some allies to ratchet up the stakes and everything. But I saw the strings. I saw that the writers for Supernatural before the season started had sat around talking, how can we do something on the mid-season break to, uh hurt everyone <laughs> and they did they and my love for that show broke and it never quite got up to the same level it had been before and uh the same sort of thing happened for me for person of interest when a certain character i adored died for at right after she'd had a you know a lovely moment with another main character and i just it doesn't bother some people, but for me, I see the strings, and I see the writers and the editors saying, this is how we play with you. This is how we, we toy with your emotions and make you care, and then go, boom, now they're dead! <laughs> okay, you kind of brought with, uh, with our little... <laughs> so, I don't like that. <laughs> because, as I said earlier, I love the characters. I love teams. I love people getting together. And sometimes people die. That happens in life. Game of Thrones people die all the time. But uh, when you just do it because to emotionally manipulate your audience, I just, you, you killed me. You made something die for me. You, you destroyed a little piece of my love for what you were doing. For, for what it's worth, I didn't think that uh, person of interest was ruined for me. Yeah, of that. I've had this conversation with Tim. It didn't, it didn't hurt him the way it hurt me. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a personal thing, but that's, that's one of my story pet peeves. Yep. I'm just going to keep this uh, level really low. 
<laughs> so don't expect any uh, sort of shouting or things like that. Um, <laughs> one thing that I found to be a pet peeve, especially after um, the summer comic book movies of last year, that I started, that really started to bug me was this idea of every movie has to have some sort of clever twist that you don't see mm. coming. And so I'm going to spoil uh, one or two movies if you haven't watched them last year. So maybe you should pause the movie and go see go see Iron Man and Wolverine. But um, really quick. Okay, don't talk now, to me about Iron Man 3. <laughs> come on back. Okay, are you back? Good. So... In Iron Man 3, you know, the whole movie up to a certain point, you're thinking, okay, Iron Man's trying to get the Mandarin. And then you finally meet the Mandarin, who you think is, like, doing all this stuff, and you find out he's a complete slob. And <laughs> is just a complete joke, and that he's really just a puppet for somebody else. Marvel, you lied to me. And... <laughs> So we have that, and Wolverine, the the villain of that piece, is somebody else that you're not really expecting. They're they're kind of you know misleading you throughout the entire movie, and really when you step back and think about it, you realize well, uh, why would his friend help him at, and be doing all these things when really he could have gotten Wolverine's power healing factor from him much earlier in the film if he had really tried, and but because they want to keep this twist going, you know, it doesn't happen. So, I don't know, I, for, for a while I was burnt out on, on superhero movies because they kept trying to do these, like, little twists that really try to just, you know, mess with you to the point where I felt that it was getting in the way of telling a good story. And they were just trying to find ways to one-up and shock the viewer instead of trying to tell the story that they should really be trying to say. So that's one pet peeve. My other pet peeve is when stories go out of their way to try to have, you know, excessive content for the purpose of being mature. Mm -hmm. When in reality, you know, it, they're not really being mature by uh, doing the, this kind of content. I mean, you know, if that's what they wanted, you know, if some stories, you know, if that's what they're doing, then you know that's you know that it seems like you know they're trying to. You know, like, you know, something like, say, you know, Game of Thrones, you know, they're trying to approach it from more of like people in history did bad things. You know, if you really look at and see all of these like leaders and things like that, they do some pretty terrible things. But when you look at other kind of things where it's just like, oh, let's just throw in a sex scene here or, oh, let's uh, throw in like this excessive, like super violent uh, scene in here it without any rhyme or reason. It just seems like they're trying to just, you know, get the publicity and trying to, you know, get that reputation rather than really, you know, work on trying to tell a very good story. Yeah. So those are the two that really, like, bug me. I saw, yeah, I saw Linkara's rants about uh, that one DC, what's it, Future's End thing, where, like, all the heroes were, like, cut up in mutil mutilated forms and stuff like that for no real reason. And they gave this away on free comic book day. It's oh, like, yeah, I, I picked that up. It's like, okay, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of good pet peeves there. Um, <laughs> I think we'll go on, unless you have one, I think we probably talked about ours again at length, so I'm just going to move. Here, I'll just do an epilogue. Okay, epilogue. Not epilogue so much as a, a, a addendum. That's kind of touching on what other people have said, but I think, and I think this is probably more in movies. I've seen it more than in books. I don't read modern books, as you've heard, um, very often. 
But I think the problem is having motion and movement take the, take the place of meaning. That like, hey, if we keep things moving fast enough, no one will ever see that we have nothing to say. This story is all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, exactly. Here, more mirrors. <laughs> more smoke. And I think, you know, because like, I remember growing up, there was some great action scenes. Some of it because I was, little, I was younger and like, oh, that's awesome. But nowadays, like, action scenes are basically, let's just ratchet it up for 20 minutes of them beating stuff up. And like, I don't see what's going on. I just see people flying around or whatever. So you're talking about Michael Bay? Well, <laughs> I mean, not just him, but... Oh, it's... Or the Bourne movies, I see. Yeah, but, but I mean, I don't think it's just those, but I think just a sense that... I definitely what, what's the, ratchet to craziness, because, like, the first one, Bourne movie, first yeah. movie, was like, oh! Yeah. And then after that, I'm just like... When, and then oh. sometimes, <laughs> is that, that thing that if you do it slower, more meaningfully, sometimes even more action-y, you know, you know... You know, Rears of the Lost Ark. Okay. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it just works. And, you know, the camera is always exactly where it needs to be, mm-hmm. as opposed to being everywhere. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, this is kind of on top of what everyone's been saying about too much extra stuff. Yeah. I like that. Not enough meaning, too much smoke well, I, and lights. I do think all this can be boiled down to tell the story that you're actually trying to <laughs> exactly. tell. Exactly. Mm. Like, like, know your story and tell that story. Don't go, oh, I have this story. But you know what I could put in it? I could put aliens in. You know what they're going to have? Guns. And, boom! <laughs> and you know what we're going to need? Cowboys. Now we, now we need other people to explode. You know, just tell the story that you're meant to tell and tell that story and no more. Yeah. Best and, friend that's really snarky. and yeah. <laughs> yeah. Concur. Concur all around. Okay. For... A, Next question, very quick, much more lighthearted. Are you a man or a Muppet? <laughs> I, I'm a Muppet of a man. <laughs> Muppet. <laughs> I'm a man of Muppet, sure. <laughs> uh, if, if the choices are man or Muppet, um, I'm... <sighs> Uh, bipolar. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Tim will appreciate this. You are a Muppet. I am a man! <laughs> there you go. I-, I think it's pretty clear that I'm a hobbit. <laughs> <laughs> and I am a man or a Muppet, depending upon how you look at me. <laughs> Ooh, deep. Sort of. Okay. N- now to uh, get to a little more close at hand. Who, and this don't feel like you're going to step on any toes here, who is your favorite character in Children of the Wells? <laughs> I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> All right, so I'll be selfish here, and Bronn is by far my favorite character. Who would have thought? Now, I will say I probably like Kalia more than anyone else here at the table, <laughs> but <laughs> and she's a close second, but Bronn is, is, is my, my pet at this point. Pass it this way. Um, that's really tough. Um, as I'm sure other people here would say, um, I have this fundamental love for minor characters. Um, so I really love the Doctor. <laughs> um, even even Burdock. Yep, Burdock. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, the the in the second. Braun and Kalia. The doctor's assistant. Yeah, I love the doctor. Um, If you're talking major characters, as in like actual major characters, um, gosh, uh, (laughs) it's either, 
the mayor of Falcon Point. <laughs> yes. Or Braun. <laughs> so. Why must you make me choose? <laughs> I, I mean. Is a cruel, cruel <laughs> yes, you are. Um, that that's, that is hard for me to pick because I could be completely selfish and pick one of my characters, or I, I, I could. I already opened up the door. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, or I could do that, or I could just pick Bron because <laughs> Bron is awesome. I will admit, um, but since uh, why must you make me choose? I'm just going to be a little bit different than everyone else here, and I'm going to say. Even though I don't know if I would necessarily say he is my favorite, I want to say Dracon. Just yes, just because uh, when I wrote Dracon, I intended for him to be a complicated character, and that's something that I hope to see continue. And because there are points, I wrote him in a way so that there are points where you will genuinely like Dracon, but then he does some despicable things that you don't like. But then, you know, as we're as we see in the newer stories, even though he is now in charge of Therian and he is a tyrant, he's also a bit of a benevolent tyrant. He's a better ruler than the Kaisers, but he's still a tyrant and he still has some nefarious things going on that we that you know that the audience doesn't quite see yet. Finger <laughs> <laughs> Well, I started writing Children's of the Well besides just working in the background because of Bronn. I absolutely fell in love with him. Ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Although of my own characters, my favorite is Dr. Burdock. I think he's adorable. <laughs> yeah. But after writing my short story, Kyrie has grown on me a great deal. Yes. yes. I think Kyrie's really cool. She needs she needs more development. She needs a little more um, moments to shine. She really hasn't had a moment to shine. She's been support mainly, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with the support character. But I'm looking for I'm just to tell you a little sneak peek. I'm going to be writing the book after Tim's. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really looking forward to writing Kyrie and with writing with the team that <laughs> Tim has been assembling. So, yes, I'm very much looking forward to writing more of her. Well, I was going to say Bron, but then <laughs> I mean, he dies in my first chapter. <laughs> you no, jerk! I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Spoiler, spoiler. No, no. no Bron is a fun one to is a fun character to write, but I really, um, I really like writing uh, Nyasha. I really uh, just enjoy like writing for younger characters and like seeing their perspective of everything. And you know, I I'm having a lot of fun just writing her with my story that I'm working on right now and uh, just having her become more assertive and uh, at the same time like figuring out ways to have um, the previous events and the previous two books that she's been in uh, affect her because she's been through a lot at, in such a young age and so I'm trying to find ways to just you know challenge her with with dealing with through those things uh, and just how, trying to figure out ways to overcome them and, and things. Cool. So, Just yeah. don't drop another ceiling. <laughs> oh, oh, no. no. Uh, yeah. Just metaphorical. No, now we're going to go for walls. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's another that's another uh, heads up. Greg is currently working on the next Bron and Kalia novel. Um, so we'll see when that comes out. <laughs> uh, it should be before the end of the year. And, yeah. So uh, that's something to look forward to. For me, um, I have to say, 
most of you don't know her yet, but I'm I've grown quite fond of my character Amira. Actually, she was she's my second place. Well, I'm not saying, but my up and coming. Up and coming. <laughs> up and coming. I think she has just a lot of potential. I I, I love her because she's um she's an well I don't want to tell, spoil too much about who she is, but I'll say all I will say is that she's a young mother um, who's seeking someone close to her. Um, and she's, uh, Long walks the beach. she's, a, <laughs> she's a, she's a, and she's a kick butt archer. Yeah. So, uh, she is, she's had a troubled past, but at the same time, I don't keep her very, uh, like disheartened or anything. She knows how to, how to loosen up when, uh, when the time's for it. She has a good, I think she has a very, she's a very well balanced character. At least I think so. We'll see what other people okay, think. Tim, Tim. <laughs> It's it's a good idea not to date fictional characters. <laughs> <laughs> well, she's she is married, so I wasn't. Yeah, I, for I, reason not to. When I was said, <laughs> when I said when I said I love her, I didn't mean that. I wasn't going that far. <laughs> All right, uh, let's see. Okay, we'll do one or two more here, and then we'll wrap this up because this is getting a little longer than I meant. Um, so, if you were laid up in bed for a week and can consume as much of any one type of media as you wanted, which would you pick? So you're up in bed, you have, you know, you don't have, feel like you have any other obligations, but you only get to pick one type of media, whether it's books, movies, TV, or video games. What do you spend that week reading, watching, doing? I can actually speak a little bit from experience on that. When I was, when was I? I think it was about 17 or so. I suffered a traumatic eye injury that involved a lot of internal bleeding. It's called hyphema. And for about two weeks, I was told by the doctor that I could do absolutely nothing other than eat, sleep, and watch TV. I couldn't go, I, could, I was not allowed to read. I was not allowed to go outside because that would involve a lot of eye movement and might possibly make uh, the damage permanent. I could, could have lost my vision in one eye. And I will tell you right now, I got really sick of Regis and Kathy Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could not say, I about went, I about went nuts not being able to read or play video games or any of that because I'm just like, I, it just got old really fast and I realized how abysmal daytime TV is too. Well, what, um, what, but, what if, what but if you nowadays could choose to yeah. have Netflix and, <laughs> and oh, This and is true, this is true. Although... This 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 is true. Now I did have some fun with it. I I watched all three Back to the Future movies back to back just because I could. But if I had to choose now, I would, given that experience, I would probably go with books, and I would just read my brains out. And but I would do it in a bit of variety. Can I can I include comics with books as well? Because I'd be reading a lot of graphic separate. novels. I think they should be yeah. separate. No, I think you do comics or books. Yeah, I don't know. Or books. Graphic novels. Yeah. Or uh, books. I don't know, but regardless, I'd, be, I'd just be reading my brains out. I have, I have, I have a shelf of books that needs to be read anyway. So it would be a good excuse for me to, you know, go through that library. Okay, I guess I'm next. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd read, and I might then finish Way of Kings. No, um, <laughs> no, I don't. I don't watch things. I like one movie. I'm done. I don't do marathons or anything. I'm odd like that. So that's that would be me. Maybe get through one or two wheel times again or something like that. So no, I have I have a pile of books on my shelf I would like to get through. So yeah. Uh, so if I'm laid up and I have one media, um, I guess it boils down to 
one choice, which is, do I want to legitimately try and be productive with my actual job, or do I just want to uh, lay back and enjoy myself? Um, if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to be mindful of my day job, which um, I make board games for a living, um, if I'm doing that, then I'm reading books, uh, and I realize. When I say reading books, I would not actually be reading any novels whatsoever. Um, I would be reading like RPG manuals yeah. <laughs> and uh, game rule books. I devour those in my spare time. Um, I read them all the time. Um, however, take that out of the equation. I would watch movies. I I love good movies. I really love good movies and movies that truly embrace the fact that you can do like this is not simply a book that we put on film this is a story that was meant to be told in a visual way and so like i realize this is this is going to sound horrible but please stick with me to the end i really love cloudy with a chance of meatballs too because once they get to the island and you see just the ludicrous creativity they had they have like fruit animals all over the place like they have watermelon elephants and shrimp chimpanzees and stuff like that. and it's just the craziness that is something you could not pull off adequately in a print word medium it has to be visual and i realize that it's a little kids movie and it's kind of cutesy and stuff but that's the kind of thing that's why i love movies so that's what i would spend my time doing let's go to greg now i don't think we've had the right be last <laughs> I actually appreciated that about Cloudy with the chance of meatballs too. That was probably my favorite part of the film is seeing all the crazy fruit monster and food monsters that they came up with. I I came to that movie expecting very little and I was just shocked. I was like, this is hand like just way better than I thought it was gonna be. And the visual part was definitely amazing. The pancake swamp where they're walking through syrup. Like, <laughs> who does this? This is amazing. Sorry. Okay, I'll stop. Well, I have been uh, waylaid in bed uh, <coughs> twice in the past two years because of throwing my back out. And both previous times, other than laying in there thinking about how much pain I'm in, is uh, it has been digesting mystery science theater movies. Yes! <laughs> but... If it was now, like, if I could do it now, uh, and not to, uh, you know, be stereotypical writer, but I, I think I would go with books, because I didn't really get to read much in high school, and I always feel like I'm constantly playing catch-up mm. with that. And, uh, like, I have about a million books on my Kindle that are sitting there just waiting to be read, and, you know, I want to clear that out for sure and you know just read all these stories that I've missed that I really want to get under you know under my belt and all these you know stories and legends and things like that I just I it would be a massively productive amount of time except I wouldn't be paid and <laughs> you know you can't really uh, earn a living that way sadly but that if I if I could just sit there and it's all you know and money's not the equation I would definitely pick pick books for sure this is really hard because I have a backlog of books and I have a backlog of TV shows. So, like 
Aaron said, if I wanted to develop myself as a writer, I would spend the whole time reading and like read all these books that I've heard about or wanted to read and haven't had a chance to. I'm halfway through like 50 books on my Kindle. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> like the Innocence Abroad by Mark Twain, just halfway through the complete works of Conan Doyle, halfway through the complete works of Lovecraft. I mean, these are books you can get for 99 cents, people. <laughs> I have a bunch of them. But, ah. Uh, but if I was sick and I wasn't feeling like moving, I'd probably just watch TV because there's lots of good TV out there that I haven't gotten a chance to digest. Or let's face it, I'd probably just read fan fiction. I mean, <laughs> just, yeah, that would be the most likely thing. Yeah. Honestly, if I'm being honest, yes. Yeah. For me, I guess part of it would depend on what season of life I'm in and what really would interest me, me at that moment. But for me right now, off the top of my head, I think I would go with movies because I'm not a terribly fast reader, so I don't like. I, I doubt I could do more than a book a day. But movies, like if I'm going to be in bed for that long, I could, I can easily cram in a lot of movies in a day. I think there are a lot of Oscar winners. There are a lot of Oscar. Gotta watch it. It yeah, and it, see, it basically be forced me to watch like all the art movies that I know I should have watched. You know, whether in film school, film? <laughs> yeah, which some of them I did, some of them I did, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of movies out there, and. I, I was pleased I was able to bring up an Ingmar Bergman movie last time, but that's like the only Ingmar Bergman movie I've seen. So, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's that's what I'd work on. So, all right, um, let's do one last question here. I don't want to do that one. Yeah, it, this is kind of a goofy question, but we'll we'll end with this. Have you ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight? <laughs> it was a metaphorical devil and uh a metaphorical moonlight but most definitely yes. the moment i started stepping outside my mom banned me from the outside and i never got to walk outside again until i, I was going to college so no <laughs> i don't dance <laughs> yes he has two left feet I've got nothing. <laughs> That's all I've got. That's all. <laughs> 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 for Nathan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Take a swig. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I don't. I got nothing right here. You guys. You guys uh, outclass me here in clever responses. So well done. Nicely job. All right. And thank you for participating in this round robin uh, discussion. And thank you for listening through uh, this. We're about to hit uh, forty-five minutes worth. So. Woot. Woot. Uh, yeah. So keep keep watching on childrenofthewells.com for more work by uh, the guys you've uh, heard from here. And now you hopefully you know us a little bit better. And uh, we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. See ya. Sayonara.